Saturday now, and Jason Feldman and I are still stuck in the Post Bulletin headquarters. What, what do we call this place? I feel like just Post Bulletin I Post, HQ. I think Post Bulletin World Headquarters probably sounds good. I think that sounds really good. Anyway, it's been a really, really fun second week of football. Technically second week. A couple teams have, have played uh, their third game. But overall, let's just go over what we saw in, in week two. And I think it's I think we're starting to learn a little bit more about teams. Like when you go into week one, you see some scores like, wow. You kind of make some generalizations about some teams. So uh, now in week two, we're going to get a little bit more clarity. I think, though, before we get into the scores, maybe the biggest disappointing news of the weekend was the fact that we were not able to see Caledonia Stewartville play. That would have been a really high-level game. It looks like there were some COVID issues on Stewartville's end. It wasn't a Caledonia thing. It was on Stewartville's end. We haven't got the full story on that yet. Maybe that's something we can get into next week. Um, but... No football game was played. That was the game that was circled on my radar. I was planning to go cover that game. I was really excited about that game, and so to have that news kind of sucked. My guess is the Stewartville kids probably had that game circled on their calendars, too. Um, we know that Caledonia is on this massive winning streak, the longest current active streak in the country. I think it's 69 games now. Um, and I, We talked about this before we started recording here, but I think Stewartville had a, a real legitimate shot to maybe win that game and, and snap Caledonia's streak. And unfortunately, from what it sounds like, we may not get to see that game this year. Uh, the word canceled really stinks in that situation as opposed to postponed. But that's that's sort of where we are right now, right, with the, the shortened season that we have, um, a six-week regular season, and wanting to get in a couple weeks of playoffs. There's just no room to make up a game that has to get postponed. Yeah, it's tough. I think both both teams have said on Twitter that they'd like to play this game. It's not like one team was trying to avoid the other one. They've been really looking forward to this game. Um, but yeah, like you said, I mean, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, it might they might be able to get something in. Maybe it's a, a situation where they're you know they add another reg- week to the end of the regular season if we have a couple more postponements here before starting the playoffs. But those are all things that are going to be up in the air. So that that was disappointing. It been really fun to see Will Cheddar and Nolan Steer and Alex Wood for Stewartville really go up against Eli King and and Caledonia and that that beast of a program. But well, you get to see it on the basketball court this winter, but it sure would have been fun to see what happened on the football field this fall. Yeah, that would have been great. But let's go around some scores real quick. Uh, Mayo, uh, big-time win tonight, 34-14 to 14 over Century. This was a game that... Guy Limbeck and I, in our weekly chat, we'd kind of gone back and forth on, kind of uh, kind of gone over what we thought would might happen. And Guy picked Sentry and I picked Mayo because of this passing attack. And the passing attack showed up tonight. And really impressive win. Bennett Ellsworth was 16 for 27. He threw for over 313 yards. This is just his second career start as a junior. And he also had a touchdown. And he's really taken advantage of the great weapons that he has. Caden Holcomb was awesome. Seven catches, 203 yards, and one touchdown as the Spartans beat the Panthers 34-14. That, that, that score really stood out from the beginning. Yeah, and from talking to uh, a couple of Mayo's assistant coaches over the last year or so, they're really happy and, and they have a couple of really athletic classes coming up here through the program, and we're starting to see it now And um, with Caden Holcomb's group and his younger brother too, his group coming up. Um, but but Bennett Ellsworth looks like he's going to be just the next kind of quarterback in line here at Mayo. They've gone through... You know, I'm thinking back to when I started covering Mayo about 13, 14 years ago. Easy veteran. Uh, geez, I don't make me feel old here. Um, you were what, about eight? <laughs> yes. Um, 
you know, think back to guys like Nate Pans and into Jay Alston and Eric Mangus and then up through Cade Sheehan last year and now into Ellsworth. They've just seems like they've had quarterback after quarterback there that can kind of sling the ball around. And, and the great thing about that for Mayo is you never feel like you're out of a game. And when you get into a game like they're in tonight where they go out and have this big third quarter where they just kind of stun century coming out of halftime with a bunch of quick scores, um, that really takes the air out of the other team. And, and uh, so it's good to see Mayo on both sides of the ball playing well early. They nearly pulled it off against Owatonna last week. Um, it'll be really interesting to see where they go from here, and I think the, their high expectations this season are, look justified. Yeah, Nathan Eberhardt, the century quarterback, was 12 for 21 for 196 yards and a touchdown. Remember, he tore up Mayo last year in the playoffs. And then superstar running back Isaiah Huber. It was weird. It's like, oh, well, they kind of kept him in, in check yeah. a little bit, and he still finished with 140 yards and a touchdown. That kind of shows just how talented he really is. Right, right. And I think, uh, yeah, if you're century, certainly there's nothing to hang your heads about here tonight, but it's maybe a good reality check early in the season. And for Mayo, I mean, you couldn't be happier coming out of the straight holding century to 14 points, coming away with a 300-yard passer, a 200-yard receiver, and a 100-yard rusher. Um, DeMonte Simmons had 123 on the ground and a couple of touchdowns, so I, I don't think the game could have gone much better for them. New Prague? Prague? New Prague? 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 New Prague. Whatever. However we're going to say that. Mm -hmm. They uh, they beat Northfield 23-7. to No huge takeaways there. Austin routes Albert Lee 47 to nothing. Blooming Prairie, uh, they keep marching on. They win over Medford today, 26-15. Now, Medford played pretty darn good. They controlled the line of scrimmage. They did a really good job of shutting almost everything down. The problem is, is that Drew Kittleson did what Drew Kittleson does. He was great last week for six. He threw for six or five touchdowns and rushed for another one. Tonight, he was 19 of 24 for 292 and four more touchdowns. So two games, nine touchdown passes. That's a pretty pretty good start for the Blooming Prairie quarterback. Yeah, we talked about the line of quarterbacks that Mayo has had come through, but Blooming Prairie is exactly the same. Year after year, they just have somebody who can throw the ball down there. And it's, it's kind of funny, as a defending state champion, you know, we're used to seeing them score 35, 40 points a game. So you hear a 26 to 15 score, and you're like, well, well what happened? But yet they win by double digits. But uh, Chad Gimble and, and that crew, they just keep rolling down there. And, um, you know, we talk a lot about their offense, and rightfully so. But that, that team has has had a, a heck of a defense over the last few years, too, and, and it looks like maybe that's the case again this season. And they're doing it all without superstar Gabe Hagan, who is so so good at everything that he ever does in basketball and in football and is obviously going to do big things at Mankato. All right, a couple other scores that we'll get to. Chatfield rolls Dover Iota 50-9. to, to nine. Chatfield really, really dominated in that one. Sam Backer, 221 rushing yards and three touchdowns in the big win there. And then Casson Manorville gets back on the field after they missed their first game of the season due to COVID concerns. And they get right back in on the fun of things. They beat Fairball 37 to 6. Big win for the for Casamanerville. That was an interesting game because it was 10 to 6 at halftime. Um, they come out and Logan Vaughn houses a kick 98 or 98 yards, 85 yards, I think it was something like that to start the second half. And that sort of flipped a switch. You could see all of a sudden all the momentum is on Casamanerville's side and and uh, just completely deflated Faribault and Casson just rolled from there. Cannon Falls looks like they're going to be really, really, really good. They're three and zero. Speaking of which, uh, they're ranked number three in the state, tied with Rochester Lourdes for the number three ranking. Those two teams play next week at Century High School. Get and your popcorn yeah, ready. Game of the week, right there. Yep. Cannon Falls fifty-six, Lake City twenty. Uh, moving on to 
the 9 Southeast Conference. Southland beats Leroy Ostrander 27-14. That one really surprised me because the Cardinals had been really good in Week 1. Um, that might be a situation where I, I don't want to jump to conclusions and you don't want to put you know words into people's brains that weren't there, but Leroy Ostrander has a huge test next week with Grand Meadow. Maybe it was a look-ahead type of situation where they look ahead to that game and all ramped up for it, and then Southland comes in and beats them 27-14. It's possible, yeah, uh, but Southland had a good football team last year. They got off to a good start. I think they had some injuries down the stretch that derailed them a little bit. So um, a bit of a surprise because Leroy Ostrander hadn't lost a regular season game in two years. But you're right, um, you, you know, to take the opposite approach that I think you're getting at there, maybe Grand Meadow better make sure that it prepares for Leroy again uh, next week because I, I imagine the Cardinals aren't a very happy group right now. Well, and trust me, Grand Meadow's not going to be overlooking Leroy next week right. because Leroy beat Grand Meadow last week. I was covering Grand Meadow tonight, and Grand Meadow looks as good as ever. And by the way, two weeks down the road, uh, Southland at Grand Meadow. Oh, wow. We got some really good games over the next few weeks. But yeah, Grand Meadow looked really, really good tonight. They beat rival Spring Grove 40-6. to Dustin Copley had three touchdown uh, rushes. He also, I finished. I think he finished with about 158 yards uh, on the ground. So um, Grand Meadow was dominant, almost had 400 yards of total offense. They did not let Spring Grove get into any groove. I'm really excited about Leroy and Grand Meadow next week. That, that's maybe the thing that has stuck out to me through two weeks with Grand Meadow. You know, you look at nine-man football, and it seems like even the good teams give up yards and give up points just because there's two less players on the field, there's more space. But Grand Meadow's defense has been excellent. You saw them tonight. What impressed you about them on the defensive side? I really thought that they were well-disciplined. Uh, and, and to... To Spring Grove's credit, like this isn't a uh, ground and pound, three yards in a cloud of dust team. Like they're going to spread it out and they're going to try to get their really good wide receivers. That Caden Grindy's a really good wide receiver in advantageous situations out in the open field. But the problem is, is that they rally to the football really well. Grand Meadow rallies to the football really well, and they put their helmets on the football. They forced three fumbles tonight, which were huge, huge plays. The, that advantageous defense that's always looking out to try to make a game-changing play and get that huge takeaway, that's that's the difference in the ball game. And when they can run the football and dominate on the ground and then take the ball away three times, you're just not going to you're not gonna beat them when they do that. Yeah, the physicality part of it is probably no surprise there. You and I were talking earlier this week about how so many of their great football players are also wrestlers. They're tough kids. You know, they want to go out and, and they want to hit the opponent. They want to punish you. They want to hurt you and, and let you know that they're going to be coming for 48 minutes. So to hear that is not surprising. And, and I think that uh, everybody left on Grandma's schedule better, better be prepared to face the same type of, of yeah. physical play. Yeah. Triton outlasts St. Charles 26-6. to Kind of an interesting score there. St. Charles had played Pretty good football last week against Lourdes for a while, and then Lourdes kind of ran away with from it late. Um, another really big time showing from Byron this week, and I think I think if you had doubts about them after week one, because you're like, okay, well Albert Lee's not that great, whatever, moving on. There's no doubts anymore. This Byron team looks really, really good. They look here to stay. Austin Fierickson was outstanding. He rushed for 313 yards and three touchdowns, and the Bears beat Winona 28 to nothing, snapping a really long winning streak for the Winhawks. That's a huge, huge win and the second straight shutout for that Bears defense. Uh, that's exactly what I was just going to say. We look at the job that Ferguson has done here over the first two weeks, um, but you look at that defense, they haven't given up a point yet through eight quarters. Doesn't, you know, doesn't matter how good your offense is if that's what your defense does, but they have a, a heck of an offense to go along with it. And Winona, we know that they're, they're 
implementing a lot of new players in positions that were, you know, key spots for them, uh, having lost six seniors to college football yeah. last year, including uh, one of the best players in the state, Aaron Went, um, who's off at Wisconsin now. But still, the cupboard isn't bare in Winona. So to see what Byron did to them tonight to shut them out, that's impressive. Another really eyeball-popping result was Lewis and Altura, <laughs> yeah. 53, Goodhue, 8. That Well, and you just look at the flip from one week's time where Lewis and Altura got shut out, and now Chatfield off to a heck of a start. They're a really good football team, but they shut out Lewis and Altura 32-0 last week. Um, and then to just see that that score completely flip here with Lewis and blowing out Goodhue, we we saw the score come in, and sorry, Lewis and Altura fans, we don't mean any offense, but we thought maybe the score was flip-flopped when we saw it come in. 53-8, to eight, um, just w- what a showing for, for Lewis on, on their home field. And, uh, you know, they had a really balanced offensive attack tonight. So good for them, a nice win for the Cardinals. Yeah, huge, huge win. Uh, Kenyon Wanamingo, 28, Fillmore Central, 0. Looks like it's a long season for Fillmore Central. Kind of coming up there. Hayfield was really battling with Fairbolt for a while, and then they end up losing 35-14. to 14. That game was 15-14 for a while, real yeah, close nip and Yeah, Hayfield was actually up at halftime. Yep. And, uh, again, Fairbolt BA, if I remember right, they came out, and I think they returned a, a kickoff for a touchdown too. So maybe it was a, a similar scenario to the Castle Manorville game where you just have those big plays right at the start of a half or a quarter, and it flips the momentum. Uh, Connor Shoemaker, or Mocker, Shoe, Connor Schumacher ran for 136 yards and three touchdowns, and Plainview Elgin Millville rolled past Red Wing 49 to six. I was really impressed with the Bulldogs last week in the 26 eight loss to Caledonia. They, I mean, that was a game in the third quarter, tied at eight for a while, um, before Eli King ran away from them at the end of the game. But to bounce back and do that to Red Wing 49 to six, I think that just kind of proves that the Bulldogs are really here to stay, and their defense is really good too. Martin Prieto had nine tackles, including three tackles for a loss, and Derek Boyum had 12 tackles and four for a loss. So that's a huge, huge bounce back week and get back, get right, and now they can get rolling. Now they don't have to play Caledonia. And it was an emotional night for PEM from the start. It was senior night, and uh, you know I saw Coach Lamb tweet out earlier today that they were. They were and, and will be throughout this year and always will miss one member of that senior class, and that's Aiden Miller, who passed away well, about a, a little over a year ago, 15 months or so ago, the summer before his junior season should have started. Um, and so, you know, he was part of the, the honoring of the seniors tonight during the game, and, um, you know, I'm sure that, that went a long way to towards the motivation and, like we said, an emotional night special night for that group nice to see that they came out and got a big win and uh, maybe this will you know not only the playing well against caledonia last week being able to have this kind of night tonight hopefully will will propel those guys to to have a great season a couple more scores then we'll get out of here but randolph beats rushford peterson 32 to 22 lyle pacelli gets their first win of the season 44 to 30 over medelia and then mankato west 20 mankato east zero and that's all the scores oh i missed one houston 40 mabel canton 16 any huge takeaways from that one no no i don't have one either but that that's basically wraps up what we had for week two um there's a lot of really good content on the website right now we have some uh, a game my game story from grand meadow tonight good stuff from coach sloan we also have guy limbeck's story from century and mayo um, some good stuff there. We have all of the results. We have girls cross country, the section results from there. We're having a lot of soccer content throughout the next week. 
football big contact. Week for soc- big week for soccer next week with the section semifinals and championships coming up. Exactly. So we're gonna have a we're gonna have a lot of really really good content. So make sure to keep going back to the postbulletin.com and checking all those out. And I think we got more podcast ideas planned for next week too. So we'll keep it keep them rolling. But thanks so much for listening to the Post Bulletin Sports podcast. It's been great to have football back, and we're the, we're gonna cover the heck out of it. So for Jason Felden, I'm Isaac Trotter. Have a great night. Thank you.